Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Here's how markets are looking like right now. We've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average down just slightly as traders absorb a hotter than expected August core inflation print. The Dow lost 70 points or 0.2% to 34,576. It is the second straight day of declines. The S&P 500, on the other hand, up slightly by 0.1% to 4,467. And we've got the Nasdaq Composite outperforming to some extent 0.3% higher at 13,813. So tech shares helping to support some of the gains that we are seeing on S&P 500 and the Nasdaq. For more insights, we are joined by Brenda Vingello. She is the Chief Investment Officer for Sand Hill Global Advisors. Brenda, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start things off with that CPI print. It did come in hotter than expected. Walk us through what was the main driver here. So I think there's no question that the main driver was higher oil and gas prices that not only were in the headline number, but also flowed through the core number when we looked at some measures uh, like transportation. But I think importantly, in looking at that core number, the shelter category, which makes up a gigantic piece, about 42% of core CPI is shelter. It is very lagged in the way it's measured, and we have yet to really see a lot of improvement, but we did see a little bit of improvement uh, last month, so that Mm. was an encouraging sign. And certainly, if we look at other measures of the cost of housing and rent in the United States, they are reflecting a much different story than what's being shown in CPI. So I think the world is watching and waiting to really start to see some more meaningful improvement. And given the size within CPI of that category, it will have an outsized impact on the full number. Mm, So looking at those numbers, we are seeing at the uh, core inflation advancing 0.3% from July. That is the first acceleration in six months. So Brenda, just looking at the numbers, we've been hoping or at least expecting to some extent that it will continue to moderate. Where do you suppose it will go from here? Will we see you know, a bit of choppiness as we wrap up the end of the year? I think we are likely to continue to see improvement, especially as that shelter category really begins to reflect what's happening in the real world. Um, The way that shelter category is measured, it's only looking, um, it's looking at new rent and existing rent. And so as new rent comes down or is increasing at a much slower pace, it takes a while for that to be reflected. Also, there's a very flawed way of measuring uh, the cost of housing, and that is that homeowners are polled and asked, what do you think you could rent your house for? People really underestimate when prices are going up, and they really overestimate when prices are coming down. So that's another portion of that uh, measure that I think we will start to see really reflect more of what's happening in the real world as time goes on. So I would expect to continue to see improvement. All right, Brenda, then the big question comes, what is this going to do for what the Federal Reserve is going to do when we will get the FOMC meeting next week? We've been expecting perhaps a hawkish print for them to well, leave rates higher for longer. What can we expect from them? 
I think we will probably see them pause rate hikes next week because we are certainly seeing that certain parts of the economy are being impacted by higher interest rates and financial conditions are very tight. When we look back historically when financial conditions have been as tight as they are, it has resulted in economic slowing and more often than not a recession. So I think the Fed's going to be watching that. But I also think, you know, if we look back at Chair Powell's comments coming out of the Jackson Hole Symposium, they were pretty hawkish. So I think they are likely to still continue with the message that they are not planning to lower interest rates. So I think they will likely keep them where they're at, but potentially for an extended period of time. A lot of estimates now are looking at rates coming down probably by mid-year next year, just as part of a normalization plan. But of course, that really depends on what's happening with overall inflation and of course, the overall health of the economy. Yeah, Brenda, how much will the Fed take into account the consumer strength when it comes to how much they're spending and what they're spending on? I think what the Fed cares more about anything else is inflation. And so if we were to have a scenario where the consumer really uh, continued to be very strong and that consumption pattern was contributing to inflation, I think that could be a problem. For example, what we've seen happening on the good side of the economy is actually deflation, um, and that's been helping the overall inflation numbers. But if we get a more normalized consumption year in 2024 where consumers are buying goods again, that could cause prices to really stabilize, and that would no longer be a force that was driving inflation uh, down on the good side. But of course, we have the flip side on the services where everyone's now been consuming services and experiences. If that starts to normalize and things just, and there's not as much spending happening, we will likely see prices moderate there. So we could have, I think in 2024, really a more normalized picture from a consumption standpoint. The Fed certainly cares about the consumption and how that's impacting inflation. But I think their goal is not to necessarily harm the consumer or the job market in a perfect world. They would love to see the job market be relatively healthy Mm. and be able to solve the inflation problem at the same time. And whether or not that's going to be possible, I think time will tell. But more recently, we've seen some encouraging signs that maybe it will be possible. Yeah, Apple certainly thinks there's lots of appetite for his iPhone 15. Chairman Brenda Vingello, she is the Chief Investment Officer for Sandhill Global Advisors. Now, Brenda, let's talk about what investors should be doing with what we are looking at, all the factors in the markets. Where do you see opportunities right now? Because with rates staying high, are we still seeing that rally in tech shares continuing from what we've been seeing so far this year? Well, I think if rates were to move materially higher from here, and we don't think that's a likely scenario, but if they were to move materially higher, that would certainly put another lid on valuation, particularly within the tech group, as we saw happen last year. But within tech, I think there are some opportunities, particularly in in large cap stocks, where there is a great margin improvement story that should really play out um, this year and perhaps the following year. And we really see that in names like Salesforce, Amazon, Google. They're also very relative to themselves. Valuation is Mm. relatively attractive. We look at a company like Apple, though. You know, Apple, you could argue, is a pretty mature company. They have an installed base of 1.2 billion iPhones. Um, and so the, the case we constantly are asking ourselves is, is the last decade, can they repeat that again mm. going forward? And I think it's just, they've become so big and successful. I think it's going to be very hard. And so when we look at the valuation there, trading around 30 times forward numbers, that seems rich uh, for a company that we think is, is pretty mature at this point. 
still have some growth opportunities, certainly on the services side, but it's just not going to be able to grow as fast as it did over the last decade. Right. So if someone's already invested in tech, would you say perhaps it's time to rotate away from that sector to other places which have not caught up yet? Sure. You know, when we look in the U.S. market outside of tech, there certainly are other industries that haven't participated And then small and mid-cap stocks in particular are incredibly inexpensive, with small-cap stocks trading at a forward PE of just 13 times. And we have an environment now where we've seen a nice stock market recovery. We've started to see a pickup in M&A activity. And now that it's looking like a recession probably isn't imminent, as everybody had expected. Mm. And companies can now use their stock, potentially as a currency, to make those uh, type of acquisitions. And this week, also, we're, we're starting to see a pickup in the IPO market. So we'll see whether ARM is successful. It seems like it is so far, as uh, demand has been pretty high and pricing is at the high end of the range. Uh, but that would all those things, I think, would be good for sentiment, particularly for small and mid-cap stocks. Um, and, and those have really been left out of a lot of the market recovery that we've seen. Yeah, just to give uh, mention of the ARM IPO, so we are seeing it being priced at $51 per share, which will value the company at over $54 billion, And it is set to be the biggest IPO this year. So I suppose M&A could also happen with the valuations we're seeing in the small and cap space. That's right. And so that would, you know, historically, when we do see a pickup in M&A, particularly of publicly traded companies, that tends to, um, it's, it ends up being a price discovery exercise where suddenly if a company in a particular industry is acquired for a much higher valuation than it's trading at, that's justification for valuation to move higher across that particular group. So I think we could see some of that begin to play out. Mm-hmm. And also when we think about those small and mid-cap companies, they are companies that do need access to capital. And so I think that's part of the reason why they haven't performed very well this year. But if suddenly there is uh, the prospect of being able to raise capital in the public market again, that could also be um, a, a good thing in terms of sentiment for that yeah. group. So in some sense, the ARM IPO could be the shot in ARM that the small caps might need. Potentially, although it's not a small cap company itself, but I think it marks a good starting point in terms of uh, sentiment changing mm. with regard to, to newly publicly traded companies. Yep. Potential catalyst, you'll watch out for that. We've been chatting with Brenda Vingiello. She is the Chief Investment Officer for Sand Hill Global Advisors. Brenda, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, stay at Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.